Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your 9 to 5 may make you a living, but your 5 to 9 makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. Hello, hello. Wow. How about that intro, man? If that doesn't get you pumped up, I don't know what <laughs> Um, anyways, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Nick Lober here. You found the podcast for part-time entrepreneurs, and this is the inaugural episode. So uh, you can say you were in on the ground floor. Uh, but why start a podcast? I think that's a fair question. Uh, over the last year or so, I've become a big podcast fan myself. You know, I like to listen at the gym, in the car, um, and even while I'm out walking the dog. I learn... You know, I learned so much listening to these other experienced entrepreneurs, and, and on top of that, it makes me feel super productive, like I'm using this time to get useful business advice instead of just uh, staring off or listening to music or whatever. Uh, so this show is my attempt to bring similar value to your earbuds. Um, and a little bit of background is probably in order, given that this is episode one. So I want to talk first a little bit about who or what is Side Hustle Nation. So Side Hustle Nation is a name I've given to this community of people who maybe aren't satisfied with their day jobs or are looking to earn some extra cash on the side or maybe are looking for more productive ways to spend their evenings and weekends rather than watching TV. Um, Or maybe, you know, they're looking for ways to turn their passions or hobbies into viable businesses. And it's this community that maybe doesn't know it's a community yet, and and that's a challenge I've tasked myself with to bring everyone together and try and create some real value in this world. Um, But the community that does exist is united by a common belief that there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more than just the nine-to-five grind. And for a lot of people, um, and myself included to a certain extent, it is about earning extra income. Um, and for others, it's it's not necessarily about the dollars. It's about spending your time on activities that give you meaning and that you find fulfilling. And if there's a way to translate that into income, uh, then all the better. Uh, so at the risk of sounding you know a little cheesy, the the side hustle show is about finding personal freedom and happiness through a side hustle that you, you never know maybe it will turn into a main hustle like mine did. Uh, so on the side hustle show, we get to hear the inspiring stories of been there, done that, entrepreneurs who've built real businesses in their spare time, as well as get actionable advice on how you can do the same. So I'm excited to have a friend and colleague of mine on the show today, and we cover a ton of stuff from generating new business ideas, landing your first clients, all the way up to outsourcing, automating those processes. Uh, now in the interview portion, I mess up a couple times and mention the URL for the show notes is nickloper.com slash episode one. Ignore that. That is incorrect. The correct URL is sidehustlenation.com slash episode one. Uh, once again, sidehustlenation.com slash episode one is your uh, resource for all the links mentioned during the interview. Um, and so with that, uh, let's get to it. Today, I'm joined by Chris Kilborn, Salt Lake City entrepreneur who is the founder and CEO of not one, but two different startups, Task Bullet and Tofu Marketing. And these companies, you bet they were started while he was uh, still going to school full time. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. So let's let's start 
at the beginning, I get the impression that you're the kind of guy who's just always been hustling, has always had some business venture going on growing up. Is that right? Yeah. So I guess, you know, I have that kind of typical background of being in a, being a child and having lemonade stands and rake leafing businesses, I guess, but, uh, nothing really sprouted into what I would consider to be a real business until, um, until just after my senior year in high school, when I uh, got into college and started a few through that. So what would you call, what would you consider your first real uh, venture? So when I was in high school, I started a metal band that um, soon became a full-time touring band. Wow. <laughs> and um, they're called Chelsea Grin. If anyone wants to look them up, they're, they're pretty big now, uh, much bigger than they were, they were when I quit the band. So I started that um, and managed them and kind of got big into the, or got very interested in the music industry. And so I, um, I ended up quitting the band to continue going to school for finance. And, um, and then I started a record label, which is my first business. Wow. Okay. So that was interesting because it was a good way to be able to have a side hustle by investing into something I knew and be able to spend as much time as I needed on the side to try to get some income um, and help supplement my lifestyle while I was going to school. So um, that business was difficult to generate cash from a lot of the reasons because the business is based on investing into things and, um, and helping you get your money back plus profit. So it's kind of different from other businesses, whether they're product or service based businesses where, you know, if it's a service, you can just get cash up front and then products, you know, you invest into the actual production of the product, but, um, it's, it's a little easier to try to get some cash flow almost immediately. So with the record label, it required some capital up front. Yeah, it, it, um, one thing that I learned pretty quickly with that is to how to be able to budget your budget, everything for your business and be able to make it so you're not investing so much at the beginning and being able to try to test different business models with as as small amount of capital as possible. So that way you can figure out what works, what's scalable, and then, pump money into it once you actually prove the concept. Okay. Okay. Um, interesting, but that business is, um, no longer around. No. So that actually, um, I'm actually still getting royalties from it. Oh, Um, that's nice. (laughs) So yeah, that's, (laughs) that's definitely been the upside is during my operation of the business didn't really make that much money. Um, and then, I had rights to some music that um, of an artist that actually got um, they got kind of bought out from me uh, to a larger label. Okay. And so I get a hundred percent of all of hundred percent royalty of all the music that they sold before that. So it's pretty interesting, um, and it, that's definitely been helping. Like you know, I've been getting a lot of income from that to be able to fund or funnel into my other businesses like Task Bullet and Tofu Marketing. Okay. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. 
It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster, and 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors, and what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad you bring those up. So let's move on to uh, to those. So TaskBullet is the the company I'm more familiar with. It's a virtual assistant company uh, in the Philippines. So what what inspired you to start that company? So I was running a another one of my businesses that I started that actually the record label kind of morphed into, which is a band management agency. And there was a lot of research um, projects that we needed to complete that we <laughs> I actually hired a few of my friends and we were just sitting in our, um, in our office, just, um, copying and pasting away. And we were just thinking, geez, there has to be a better way to do this. So, um, you know, I, I went on, I went online, tried to find things, couldn't really figure, find a virtual assistant company that looked very reputable. Um, and I was connected with, um, some people in the Philippines that were looking to start, um, or to have an office, um, presence in the U S. So, um, I worked with them to put together, to create task bullet and be able to provide U S customer support to people here in the U S, um, and offer them my own advice on creating um, the right processes that they would want to outsource to their virtual assistants, and then um, having them outsource it to our, virtu- our virtual assistants in the Philippines to be able to actually take advantage of that lower price um, of a Filipino virtual assistant. So, um, so yeah, but I got started with it just from you know understanding how frustrating it is to use it to to 
type in everything yourself, to do all the research and all these menial types of tasks that entrepreneurs should not be doing. Um, maybe at the beginning, just to kind of get an understanding of how the how to do the actual work and to understand the right way to set up a process, like how the virtual students should be doing the work. But after that, they need to be focusing on the big picture of the business, um, getting sales and um, focusing on that strategy part um, rather than copying and pasting emails into an Excel sheet or um, or managing your calendar with a lot of, you know, a lot of scheduling types of tasks. So, right. Farm out the uh, non-critical stuff. But instead of, you know, instead of hiring one of the existing virtual assistant companies, I like this is very uh, Henry Ford, a very uh, John Rockefeller. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to pay a profit to anybody else. Why don't I just start my own company? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I just saw that there was such a huge need because um, I didn't really like what was presented through other virtual assistant companies at that time. And I think that every single small business can use a virtual assistant. So, um, given the, the industry, I think that anyone, even, even, a um, a mom can use a virtual assistant to help them plan parties or <laughs> organize, um, online activities for their kids or, you know, there's a bunch of there's almost an in, infinite number of tasks that you can have a virtual assistant do. So um, the market's definitely there and we're there to take it. Absolutely. I'm definitely a proponent of, uh, of small business outsourcing myself. So <laughs> I'm with you. <Yeah. laughs> um, so how many people are uh, on your team over there now? So with TaskBullet, we have two people here in the U.S., Okay, but we have about 25 in the Philippines. Oh, wow. Um, so was it difficult to set up this this offshore uh, entity or corporate? I mean, you're still in college at this point, and, um, and you literally have uh, an international business. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it it sounds cooler than it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was pretty it was pretty easy to set up um, with just the right partnerships and everything. It's um, setting up any type of legal entity isn't as difficult as people make it seem. Um, and it kind of reminds me of people not wanting to start businesses because they don't really understand that you don't, I mean, setting up a business license is great and stuff, but they don't understand how easy it is to get everything going and how easy it is to create a website. I don't know. I mean, you could do like an affiliate site or just drop shipping or anything and you could just start it like that same day. So it's, um, a lot of people kind of overcomplicate things and figure, think that they have to have a, an idea that's completely original. And, you know, like if you watch Shark Tank or something, which has gotten really popular lately, yeah. they, uh, they always have new interesting products on that show. And, you know, it kind of is like the, um, the standard of having a business is you have to have something totally unique and original. And, you know, you can just you can take business models that are already out there. Don't take mine, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you can you can take those and just make a different version of it. You know, like um, like if you have a jobs site or if if you like if you want to create a monster.com for jobs or something, you know, you can you can create a site specifically only for painters or web designers or you know, and there's there's so many different types of niches that that people can just go for and use the same business model as everyone else, but just change who your market is or um, you know, change the way that you price it out. Um, not necessarily 
like for example, like a virtual assistant company, there's some of them out there that charge an hourly rate. We charge a monthly rate. You mm-hmm. could charge a, you know, like another virtual assistant may even be able to charge like a, a performance rate. Like they get a cut of how much okay. they help okay. with sales, you know? So, um, and I kind of got a lot of that perspective from working at this uh, venture capital firm in Salt Lake where we looked at a lot of startups and stuff. And so they're really big on business models um, and watching the startups that we would invest in or look at investing into, um, watch them change their business models based on what starts working and what's not working and stuff like that. So, yeah, and you have a lot of experience working with like specific types of niches, right? You know, like there's not a lot of virtual assistant review websites out there. <laughs> right, exactly. And so one of my favorite podcasts is the Lifestyle Business Podcast with uh, with Dan and Ian. And they talk about, or they have, they have this system they call Rip, Pivot, and Jam, which is basically rip somebody else's idea off, pivot it to a new niche or new, you know, new angle, whatever that may be, and then go to town. Um, and so, and similar to uh, with TaskBullet, it's like, obviously, it's not the first virtual assistant company uh, out there. And I think, you know, people like on Shark Tank, right, you have to have a new, a new idea, which totally isn't the case at all. You, it's, um, in a lot of ways, competition is a good thing because somebody else has already proven the concept. Yep, exactly. And, um, and you also don't have to worry about, you know, like if it was a product, you know, you don't have to worry about having, um, any type of legal protection, um, you don't have to worry about like if you start, if you create an invention um, like a did you see the the glasses magnet that goes on the guys that goes on your pot like a, on your shirt it magnetizes glasses to your shirt oh I didn't see like, it <laughs> well if you have any if you have any sort of product that can be easily copied it's probably gonna happen right and so there it's kind of like if you were to create an invention, it's almost the exact opposite of what you were just talking about, where you're taking all the risk in making sure that the business is um, viable, like the product actually has demand. And if it doesn't, then you lose. But if it does, yeah, you could be successful, at least initially, until someone from China copies you. And, you know, unless you set up your branding correctly, unless you market your product correctly and have an, like a raving fan base, um, you can easily get destroyed by people that just copy your idea and rip pivot and jam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you'd probably want to be on the other side of that, <laughs> of that competition. So tell me, go back. Uh, you mentioned a minute ago, uh, this university venture fund, did they really give college kids just venture money to go out and, and seed uh, startups? Now, so what they do is um, it's a fund that was raised, um, I don't know, about eight to ten years ago. Um, and it's a it's mostly it's a nonprofit that is um, built to give university students from a lot of the surrounding universities here in Salt Lake um, an opportunity to become um, an associate at, or an opportunity to become what is similar to an associate at a venture capital firm. So someone that does a lot of the due diligence and research for companies and provide reporting and investment decisions. Okay. So in a way we did, we did vote for the investments in companies, um, as students. Okay. However, um, we didn't actually invest, like we didn't, you know, invest our own money, but we still, we did invest other people's money. And that's an awesome um, experience. 
yeah, it was really cool because, you know, we're, we're playing with real money here. Like, you know, if, if something isn't, um, isn't successful, then we're accountable for it. Yeah. So. Now, how's the fund, um, funded any, anyone well-known yet? Um, or any, anybody, anybody would have heard of? I am not sure what I can disclose oh, about it okay, right okay. now. Um, <laughs> let me see. I mean, I can, if you wanted to, um, you could probably try to find like, you know, just their website and they kind of, um, they kind of list a lot of the companies out there that they've actually invested on, on their homepage. Um, and I can just, all right. You know, we'll, we'll throw that up in the show notes. It'll be at nickloper.com slash episode one. And uh, you can find all the links um, to Chris's companies and that venture fund um, up on there. Yeah. Um, if you've heard of an Omniture or Control 4. I have not. Those companies are, those are pretty big ones that they've invested into. Um, Trusted ID. Okay. Um, yeah. So those are a few. Very cool. Um, so let's move on to uh, Tofu Marketing, your other company, um, which is a beautifully designed site, by the way. Thanks. Um, so it says a full service internet marketing company. So what does that mean for clients? So that means that um, based on your company and your needs, we can put together a marketing plan that we will fully execute from the beginning till end. So um, typically our rates range from three to 5,000 a month. And we have, we have, a spe- um, specialty in SEO, okay, social media management and web design. So, um, and the web design isn't part of that monthly retainer. So we, um, we typically target startup companies, um, and small businesses. So we have clients that are dentists. We have some that, um, have tech, like their tech gadget product companies. Okay. Um, and local servicing businesses. And, um, and then we have a SaaS company too. So for SaaS- a, a small business, it can essentially be, um, you know, the outsourced marketing department. Mm-hmm, exactly. So a lot of people, like, for example, a dentist, a lot of people need, to, like, they, they focus on what they are, you know, what their business is revolves around. So like a dentist, of course, probably doesn't really know a ton about marketing. So we are out there to help people that, you know, may have an okay looking website or terrible looking website. We'll revamp their site, make it up to SEO optimized, help them build links to their site, um, the right way in a non spammy way. And, right. um, so, and they, help so they don't get uh, Google slapped. <laughs> exactly. And what's funny is like, we, I started that company in the same exact way that I started Task Bullet, which is I was managing my companies um, and I had the, ma- the band management company and ta- um, Task Bullet last year and tried to hire an SEO company. And um, it was like $1,000 a month, which is actually pretty low in the SEO. Right. Um, like actually, if you're hiring someone legit. Yeah, for a retainer fee, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and they basically did nothing and I got really frustrated about it and tried to figure out how it all worked. And since monolith and task bullet were sort of automated at that point, um, I, uh, I had enough time to be able to spend about eight hours a day researching SEO for (laughs) 
eight months. <laughs> so I kind of just like locked myself away in my office and did that every single day, trying to learn as much as possible and um, found a way to be able to um, put together the right processes for different types of businesses and um, hired some employees. And um, now it's working out really, really well. I mean, the demand for marketing companies is huge. People all like every same thing with virtual assistants. Every single business needs help with marketing. Like, I mean, unless they have a huge marketing team, but like most small businesses and entrepreneurs need help, especially dentists and people that are focused more on providing the service rather than getting more clients. Right, exactly. So uh, does tofu stand for something or is it just catering to the, the vegetarian crowd? <laughs> so tofu, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> tofu marketing stands for top of the funnel. So we focus on helping businesses pull in leads and customers into the top of, the, of their sales funnel. So before your sales team gets to it and qualifies them even further and before they actually purchase, you need people to get to your site. You need qualified visitors to your site and that's pulling them into your sales funnel. Um, we also, there's like a double meaning for tofu, which is tofu, like a lot of people see tofu as being healthy. So um, we kind of differentiate ourselves from a lot of other marketing companies by, um, by, promoting that we are like we do healthy internet marketing so it's seo okay, okay. no spamming um no automated systems um it's all just healthy for your business it's great long-term results and although we may be more expensive you won't have to worry about getting slapped by google and you'll actually get good results yeah so, i think you're right that's like one of the most common fears especially when um, you know, some, especially the overseas companies are talking about, Hey, we're going to do SEO for you for 200 bucks a month. And you're like, okay, what are you going to do? I mean, you're just going to go like spam blog comments. Like what, you know, what are you really going to do for 200 bucks? Um, so I'm with you. And, and I think a lot of small businesses may be on the same boat, kind of nervous to hire somebody with marketing. Cause it's like you trusting somebody with your brand, um, yep. that, um, you know, that reputation can, <laughs> can be damaged in a hurry if somebody messes it up yeah exactly and there's yeah and i've seen i've had a lot of clients with task bullet request us to do things like social bookmarking directory submissions and and i'll i'll just tell them i'll say you know that doesn't work anymore right yeah it's like you read some article um you know maybe from five years ago and decided that this was the way to do it but it's like it's, you're right it's just not relevant anymore yeah, and it's not their fault either. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there because, you know, the internet doesn't delete old and outdated blog posts. Right. So um, there's, I mean, that's the other part that I was having trouble with when I first started trying to learn about internet marketing and everything is there's just so much out there that you have to kind of decipher what's updated, what's not, who's right, because sometimes people will give you con conflicting advice. Um, and a lot of people get in trouble that way. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll frequently have with Tofu Marketing, we'll be picking up the pieces from um, old SEO or SEO companies that were doing really spammy techniques for our client. Right. We'll have to get in there and try to fix things and um, try to help them re regain their rankings in, in Google and pick their business up. 
If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. So going back to the the sales funnel metaphor, um, what kind of tactics, if if you're comfortable sharing, are you using to fill uh, your own marketing funnel or your own sales funnel? Sure. sure. So we have a whole list of um, if anyone wants to get if anyone wants to get uh, this whole list of services that we actually just list them all out in our services section of our Tofu Marketing's website. Okay. So. Um, we so SEO is something that'll obviously bring in a lot of traffic if you do it correctly, um, depending on your niche too. Social media marketing can help bring in people to your site um, through other channels like Facebook, t- um, Twitter. Um, we we'll also you can also do PPC advertising, which is pay per click. So like Google Ads um, work out can work out really well too. Um, other things like content marketing, like creating blog posts, um, podcasts like this, and just promoting it to people, help pull people into your sales funnel too. Right. Um, and have any of those avenues worked particularly well for uh, the tofu marketing business? Which of these? Which ones worked for tofu marketing? Yeah, in terms of bringing in, uh, you know, customers to your door. So I think SEO has been huge. Um, PPC management has been big as well. Um, inter- the internet marketing arena is extremely competitive. Right. So um, sometimes the best ways to do marketing for a com- like a, an industry that's extremely competitive is just to work more on personal relationships rather and um, and trying to just gain relationships with other people in the field and get them to refer other clients to you rather than focusing on something that is, you know, that everyone else is doing. So, um, I've seen like social media ads do really well. Um, email marketing is done extremely well for one of my older companies. Um, however, you got to be careful with that too, cause you know, that could easily turn into spam and destroy your reputation. So, right. Um, so earlier, earlier you mentioned that um, a couple of these other companies are kind of running on on autopilot, which is awesome. Um, but I was going to ask if there's any um, time management to like it's like how you know how am I struggling to to find enough hours in the day? And you're getting all of this stuff done. Like, do you have any time uh, management tips you can share? Um, <laughs> so it's pretty difficult. Um, I think the best ways to be able to automate your 
um, automate your businesses and manage your time is number one, try to clear off as much of your plate as possible. So that's either by outsourcing your tasks to another person or a team or even another company. And then um, try to automate as much of your tasks as possible using software. Okay. So we've you, for example, with, um, I had a company that we used, um, we used to do email, ma- email marketing by hand. So <laughs> we would use just, we'd get into Gmail and just start emailing people like crazy. Just one, um, one at a time. Yeah. Oh, wow. It may be like 40 at a time, but it was still just not working out. Um, well, then, then they only let you send like 500 in a day before they put a, yeah. put a block on your account. Exactly. No, I've been so, there. I've been there. So, so what we did is we used um, a software called Infusionsoft, and um, we also tried Salesforce. Don't really recommend that, um, most because they try to get you into a yearly contract. And um, it seems well, like they're they, aimed at bigger companies, anyways. Yeah, exactly. So Infusionsoft is pretty good for like small to medium sized businesses. Um, so we use that to try to kind of outsource a lot of the hand email marketing type of work. Okay. And then, um, and then we also outsource a lot of our stuff to the Philippines. Um, any type of stuff that I thought that didn't really require a deep knowledge of my company or how I wanted something to be done. And also something that wasn't absolutely critical to be done a hundred percent correctly in a very short amount of time. So, um, those two things helped out a lot as far as time management though. Um, just, planning, just creating like a weekly plan, um, that usually totally gets destroyed. Um, you know, you get, you get, you you list all your tasks for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, um, I'll try to just keep it to like five things. Um, and if I can, um, I, if I can get them all done, that's great, but typically they all don't get done in one day. So I have to push to the next day and the next day. And it's good to have the understanding that you're not going to get everything done in one day. And to be able to have that flexibility and and um, know that things aren't don't always plan out is, is what you're gonna like how you think are gonna, they're going to be planned out. Right, and with both of these companies, it's very much a practice what you preach um, scenario because they're helping other companies with their process outsourcing and time management. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I was a uh, I was part of this um this startup. It's not an incubator. They call it a cohort um, in Salt Lake. It's called the Foundry. Okay. And they are a cohort of startup companies that had a shared office space, and they would meet um, once a week. And it was really great experience. I'm sure they have those in California and a lot of other um, and a lot of other universities probably have something very similar. Right, kind of a mini uh, mastermind setup. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like an incubator without investors. Okay. So, um, what they would do is we they had us um, in order for managing our time. They would have us create a weekly report of just everything we're going to do this week, everything we did last week, and why we didn't complete everything we didn't or that we planned for last week. So, um, if you do that for yourself or if you have a team, that's always a great idea. Is if you just you know list out okay. Monday through Friday, we're going to be working on all of these things. And, um, and then the, the, then the next week you say, okay, Monday through Friday, we were supposed to work on all these things. We didn't get all these things done, but this week we're going to complete those plus all these other things. And 
try to actually assign metrics to those types of tasks and um, just have, and the, the biggest thing that the foundry tried to teach entrepreneurs is that um, don't try to plan out everything too far ahead because typically you're, you don't want to get your head stuck in the sand with your business model. You want to be flexible. Um, you know, if someone approaches you and says, Hey, you should add this extra um, service to your service offering. And, um, and then, you know, you it might change your entire business model in one day right. just from that one phone call. That's actually happened to me a couple times. Okay. So, um, you know, like I figure that whenever I'm doing planning, you know, it's good to like have a good, uh, macro perspective of what the company could become and start building it around that, but don't invest so much time into micromanaging your own schedule by just, just create a, a weekly schedule like five, four or five tasks a day or something enough to be able to fill up like, um, however much you want to work that day. But, um, and then just remain flexible. Yeah. That's the advantage of staying, uh, staying lean. Yep. <laughs> um, so I know, I understand you you like to read and so do I. So I'm always looking for new recommendations. Do you have a, uh, a favorite business book? I have a guess, um, or favorite <laughs> book or, or a favorite blog you like to keep up with. So, um, it depends on the type of book or the type of reading I like to do, um, for, for, um, business type of, or business reading. Um, as you were just saying, like four hour work week is awesome. Um, I, pre I love pretty much everything Tim Ferriss has put out so far. However, I think a lot of it kind of contradicts itself sometimes. So <laughs> it's good to, you know, read some other stuff. Um, I love reading about internet marketing. Um, so seomaz.org mm -hmm. is great. Um, Unbounce.com has a blog that is specifically targeted for entrepreneurs looking to do marketing, and it's kind of basic. Sometimes you'll, you know, if you're more advanced, you can learn some pretty good stuff there too. So I definitely recommend that blog. Okay. Um, and it kind of just depends. And I don't know. I. It depends on the type of industry that you're in, but there's a lot of blogs out there. You know, if you just go to Technorati and um, you can just look into the business section, like Neil Patel, he has um, quicksprout.com. That's actually one of my also, like another one of my favorite blogs to write or to read. And um, he writes some great stuff for entrepreneurs. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with um, Neil. I think I'm following him on Twitter, but I'm not sure if I've read his uh, site there. So I'll have to check it out. All right. And one last question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, what would be your number one piece of advice for Side Hustle Nation? For the site uh, itself? Yes. Well, no, for the, uh, for the audience. Oh, for the audience. Um, I would say to focus on... I would say to be able to focus on the big picture and don't get so sidetracked by small tasks that, um, that kind of get in your way. Um, something that me and a lot of other entrepreneurs that I know have problems with is that, um, they don't outsource the right things and they get caught up in the busyness rather than the business. Okay. Oh, I like that. I like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and again, like I hate to kind of just regurgitate 
stuff from the four hour work week. But um, I think that just focusing on building your business and don't get caught up in just um, going through all your entire email box and making sure you reply back to everyone, no matter how low priority the, the response may be. Um, and just hire an assistant to do something like that. Right. No, I think that's solid advice. Um, and that wraps it up. Chris, thanks so much for sharing your story and great entrepreneurial insights. And uh, hopefully to all the listeners, hopefully you found some useful information in the interview with Chris Kilborn of Task Bullet and Tofu Marketing. Uh, all the links mentioned will be uh, posted at nickloper.com slash episode one if uh, you want to learn more. And uh, that's the Side Hustle Show. Until next time, go out there and make something happen. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. All right, we're stopped recording now. Awesome. <laughs>